G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. Life, Culture and Current Events from a Biblical Perspective, 2020 on Vision. And only one day away from Good Friday and for lots of families, some celebrating, some commiserating, it'll be the start of school holidays. And with school holidays comes a whole lot of new movies to be released at the cinema. And when we talk about films with our special guest today, our special guest film reviewer, Uh, We like to hear how we can engage with films without disengaging our faith. Uh, That's an important thing to remember, I think, when we're talking about these sorts of films that shape our culture in some sense, shape the understanding of reality even that our children might have when they go to the movies. Well, Russ Matthews from City Bible Forum is joining us. Russ loves film and he's across the latest cinema offerings. He's worked for City Bible Forum for the past 10 plus years. He's a reviewer for Insights Magazine and Entertainment Fuse. He has a blog called Rustling Reviews. He moderates events for Real Dialogue, which connect the film industry with the general public. So when you're looking for reviews, in-depth articles, and the latest details of what's happening in the realm of cinema and pop culture, check out Real Dialogue, the Real Dialogue website, realdialogue.com. Uh, and of course, citybibleforum.org is a place where you can get links to all of those film reviews. But a special welcome back to you, Russ Matthews. Great to talk to you again on 2020. Uh, it's always great being here, Neil. Thanks so much for having me, and it's, uh, I'm looking forward to the Easter, uh, Easter long weekend. Yes, and what a significant Easter this is, because when you look down the list of movies that are screening at your cinema, you're likely to see a whole bunch of movies that are Christian-oriented, and this is quite a significant thing to have so many of these Christian-oriented films on at the cinemas. Yeah, I think I think so. It's really been an interesting one. A lot of people um, kind of talking about the fact that so much content has to do with um, focusing on key characters and individuals within the Christian faith. There are also those that have kind of had an impact on that. So yeah, we have a. Uh, the Mary Magdalene film, and also Paul, Apostle of Christ, and also if, if it's also, if opportunity for people to see, I can only imagine it's also out there. Uh, Russ, I want to invite our listeners to join in the conversation. Some of these films are already at the cinemas, and uh, there are listeners who might well have seen them. They might have their own perspectives, uh, whether they might be critical of those uh, things that they've seen, or they might be uh, singing the praises of the movie makers as to how those films have come across. Well, one 800 to join in our talkback conversation today. Uh, You can also leave a message on our Facebook page, uh, simply facebook.com forward slash vision radio, if you'd like to participate in our conversation. Let's start off talking about those Christian-oriented movies, uh, because there's others we want to talk about too. Uh, Ready Player One, and uh, of course uh, there's others like Peter Rabbit. Uh, I know that some parents will be interested in that uh, film as well. But let's start talking about these Christian-oriented films first, Russ. Uh, Mary Magdalene. 
let's uh, let us in on some of your insights about the Mary Magdalene movie. Yeah, I, I think that it's it's a great place to start, especially because it's made by um, an Australian director. And one of the ways we've gone through to describe it that this is not. Yeah, I love how you're saying a Christian-oriented film. This, this isn't necessarily a Christian film. It's just a film about um, some of the most significant Christ, uh, characters in the Christian um, faith. And so, looking at kind of portraying. Um, a view of Mary Magdalene and her experience walking along with Jesus. And um, obviously we, there is, aren't a lot of things written about Mary Magdalene in the Bible, so um, Garth Davis and the team there um, did have to you add some artistic license into the making of this film. And, and um, yeah, it's definitely a... a it gets the conversation started about Mary but and Jesus, but it probably will probably make a lot of Christians maybe a little uncomfortable because it's a lot of it we um, kind of should trust in the fact that the director is looking at what they think Mary's experience is like. Uh, that's very important to bring out here, isn't it? Because uh, although it has the title Mary Magdalene, and as you say, there's not a lot in the biblical accounts to build a character around her, uh, but to actually identify that this is not a Christian film. Uh, and so some people will say, that sounds a bit deceptive to me, that uh, there's a film with the title Mary Magdalene, because Mary Magdalene is obviously uh, associated with Jesus uh, in the right. Gospels. So uh, so there's this sort of idea that, oh, if I go along and see that, I'll get insights about what the Bible teaches about Jesus, or about Mary Magdalene and her relationship with Jesus, the disciples, and and of course the uh, the uh, the cultural uh, milieu of the day, uh, but it's not necessarily Christian, and neat, it, easy and good to name it as that at the beginning. Yeah, I think that's a great way to look at. It. I think that one of the things that if you enjoy, uh, it's an art film, which uh, to kind of describe an art film means the type of film that definitely kind of is more visually um, stunning. Maybe um, takes a lot of different license within the story. They do incorporate a lot of the things about Mary, um, and we we had an event where we had people go through and talk about the history behind Mary Magdalene and the like, and uh, it felt that they they were true to it to a degree. But there was so much of it that they really had to kind of add in to fill the gaps um, that I think many people will kind of go, wait a minute, is that really the story of Mary? So I guess if anything, what, uh, if you go to see Mary, what I would recommend that you do is make sure that you go through then and read the gospel accounts and see what we really do know about uh, Mary Magdalene specifically. Uh, I think you've delivered what is a knockout blow when it comes to how you handle this sort of movie as a Christian believer. You go straight back to the gospel accounts. You read about Mary. You read about Jesus. You read about the disciples. And then you have a, a focal point that's not going to move. It's still going to be the same before the movie and after uh, to be able to assess what you're actually seeing on the screen. Exactly. I think that we uh, that kind of goes all the way back to what you when you started the conversation. Um, we aren't we're not supposed to turn off our brains. We're also not supposed to turn off our our faith when it comes to going and seeing a film. And so, if you go see a film, or if you hear somebody that goes to see a film, instead of just maybe um, trashing the film itself, is really looking at what what elements do get the conversation started. And I think that that's. If I was to take any value from Mary Magdalene, it really gives us just an opportunity for another springboard into a conversation about Jesus. 
And interestingly too, uh, we've got no troubles going along and seeing a movie that is a complete fictional fantasy and uh, takes into us, you know, sci-fi realms and all of those sorts of things. But as soon as we've got one that somehow rather is connected with a biblical account, we become uh, a lot more judgmental about that and perhaps and I'll get your impression, uh, rightly so, uh, because we want to be able to uh, understand the biblical uh, foundation, the actual history, and we want to be able to identify what's fictional in all of that. And, of course, uh, this is the sort of movie that will bring that to your attention because you might not be able to easily differentiate between what's real and what's, and what's just fictional. Oh, I mean, there's two sides of that coin. I think that one is that they should honor, I mean, I can understand, especially being a Christian myself, the importance and value of how these, um, how Jesus and all the different biblical characters are portrayed on film. But they're gonna, they're gonna fall short eventually, because you can't, you can't necessarily portray every aspect of most of these characters on screen in, a, in an hour and a half or two hour framework. So we can't expect them to do it um, you know every aspect and every component of it, but I think one of the key things that you that you bring up is that we need to make sure that we understand and know um, know Jesus. We need to know our Bibles, and so it's not being afraid of these accounts. It's just that then we're able to go through and clarify. Hey, here's what we know, and here's what was really artistic license that they took with the story. And taking that even a step deeper, Russ, uh, the idea of a film like this, and uh, I'm only uh, reflecting a criticism that I read uh, from another review, the idea sure. that, uh, that modern feminism uh, has its uh, a lot of its own uh, thoughts and agendas uh, written into the movie. Is that the case? Have you, have you uh, examined it from that point of view? You know what? There is. Uh, I've actually um, talked with um, some of my, my uh, friends at the Center for Public Christianity and like, and who have written on this quite a bit. And I think that it is a more feminine. I guess a better I, the way I would describe it and how they described it is it is definitely a feminine perspective because it is depicting Mary's experience of kind of walking along uh, beside Jesus and the disciples and her experience and coming to faith. Um, as far as the feminist um, agenda being pushed, I don't know if I. Really Really saw that as far as a feminist agenda being pushed. Even though right now I feel like in, especially in film, in the film industry in particular, with the Me Too movement and the like, there is much more um, awareness of the issues kind of going on with that in that industry, and also um, the treatment of women. And uh, there was a really great article I just read recently that if anything, this film would be able to do, if you were to take a positive spin on it, would be that um, it shows that Jesus had a very positive view towards women and actually lifted the position of, of women in the Bible and also in the world, and that I think that that's a positive way. I would say it's definitely a more feminine view because it's showing Mary opposed to the other disciples, but uh, I don't know if it necessarily pushes the feminist agenda as much as it does a feminine position. Okay, before we move on to another film to talk about, let's take a call. Susie is on the line from Laidley in Queensland. Hello, Susie. Welcome along. Hey, Susie. Hello, Russ. Hello, Neil. What are your I'm, thoughts, Susie? I went to see the movie Mary Magdalene yesterday, and I have a few thoughts. Um, firstly, Great. I knew it would be a work of fiction because I knew there wasn't much uh, recorded in Scripture about Mary Magdalene. But I feel it was very disappointing that the filmmakers 
didn't make use of the eyewitness accounts recorded in the Gospels. Um, it felt like it was very loosely based on the Gospels. Susie, and Susie, you're saying it's such a work of fiction. Not only is it about Mary Magdalene, a figure from the Gospels, but the filmmakers actually ignored what the Bible did say about Mary Magdalene. They they um, changed what the Gospels said on on very important um, issues, including, I suppose, the one that's... Um, in the foremost of my mind was at the end when I think Peter says, um, Jesus said he will build his church on the men in this room. And I think the end of the film had a feminist agenda to me because it was kind of, to me, it was um, confirming that the church was built on men, patriarchal, bad. And then Mary Magdalene went out and she was she was the one that had the pure testimony and all the women were gathering around her at the end of the film. And I just thought it was a missed opportunity because I knew it would be a work of fiction, but there were so many errors where throughout the movie it was clear that it didn't accurately... Um, so there was, the there was like an elevation of Mary to a position that you don't think the Bible reflects that she had. I'm not exactly sure I would say that because obviously Mary Magdalene is one example of Jesus showing that he elevated women and saw them in a revolution, put us in a revolutionary place compared to the world in that time and throughout history. Um, and I think that was a good thing that they communicated that. But uh, it, there were so many places where it just didn't line up with Scripture. And I thought that was just a really missed opportunity because we have eyewitness accounts of that time of history when Mary Magdalene was walking with Jesus and the other followers as well as the disciples. And they just didn't make use of that and... So I think Christians will rightfully cringe all the way through it because that just kind of, I hate to use the word offensive, but yeah. it, it is really hard to see something that is blatantly not the way the scripture says it was. And yeah, I guess it, it creative license, like Russ said, I mean, it, it is a work of fiction and it's one person's interpretation, but we know yeah. there are eyewitnesses. Good thoughts in all of that, Susie. And another, if I was reflecting another thought from a conversation that I had, uh, the idea that Jesus is presented in the film as being quite weak and frail and that Mary became his source of strength. Uh, your thoughts, Russ, on, on Susie and, and the way that uh, Jesus is portrayed and compared to Mary Magdalene? Yeah, you know, I, I really, I really appreciate what you're saying, Susie. I think that it was one of the, when we had our uh, panel discussion on it. Um, definitely, it, it. I can definitely understand, and we actually really were stating to most of the Christians in the audience that they would definitely feel a little unease. It wasn't one of those where they're going to walk out feeling comfortable about it. Um, and in regards to the depiction of Mary um, and the depiction of Jesus, I really would definitely, Susie, see what your thoughts are. I felt that he. Um, Jesus was portrayed as the man of many sorrows. It was definitely um, a darker, um, darker depiction of Jesus. As far as weak, I think they definitely showed his humanity um, probably more than they showed his 
um, his God side, if you want to, if if that makes sense. In this, not that that's a good thing. It's just that, but it did show kind of a more of a human side that he did. There were times when he was tired. There were times that he um, did um, kind of get weaker in the sense that he did need to go and kind of recover and the like. Uh, I guess you really could thinking back on it, thinking back on the film, they could, they did probably elevate the role of Mary within the group of disciples, but obviously this film um, was kind of more focused on Mary than it was on Jesus, really. I think it would, uh, the emphasis was more on, on her. And so, as far as the comfort level with that, I agree. I, 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 it wasn't one that I necessarily walked out going, oh, I want everybody to go see this film. Um, I can appreciate kind of getting people started to talk about it, but it's not necessarily one where most Christians, you're right, Susie, would probably feel very comfortable about just because of um, kind of... Life, culture, and current events from a biblical perspective. 2020 on Vision. Well, I wonder if you think about the movies the way our guest today, Russ Matthews from City Bible Forum, thinks about the movies. You're invited to be a part of our conversation, 1-800-316-316. You can also leave a comment on our Facebook page, facebook.com forward slash vision radio. Before we talk some more movies, and we might uh, move on to some of the other not-so-Christian movies that are coming out for Easter, but let's take a call first from Graham in Cairns in Queensland. Hello, Graham. Welcome along. Good morning, Neil. Good morning, Russ. Graham, what are your thoughts? Well, I tend to disagree with uh, both the caller and with Russ to a certain extent. And I, I feel it was a really, a truly beautiful movie. And it was a portrayal of what Jesus and what may, may have been like. You know, there's so much we don't know about Jesus. There's so much we don't know about who they really were as human beings. And this portrayal of them is just... It's it's just really heartfelt. It is so beautiful. And even the uh, Russ is right that uh, Jesus was portrayed as a man of constant sorrows in the movie uh, to a certain extent. But he was also very heartfelt, very loving. And uh, and uh, basically it was a, uh, even, even the miracles he performed during the movies might have been kind of bizarre to a lot of Christians. But uh, as it says in the Bible, there's so many, uh, there wouldn't be enough books to contain all the things that uh, he did. And it, it shows what might have been and who they may have been. And it's in that sense. And uh, even the fact that uh, Mary, at, right at the end of the movie, where she went back to uh, the disciples and told them that uh, Jesus had risen. And uh, it, it's yeah, it was, it's just it's just a truly beautiful movie. And Graham, let's get a thought or two from Russ. Russ, your thoughts for Graham. Hey, Graham. Hey, thanks so much for your comments. I really do appreciate it. You are you are right as far as it. Um, one one of the historians we had on the panel that discussed it, he was saying that it was one of the best depictions of of Jerusalem that he's ever seen in cinema. Is that they just did an amazing job visually with the film, and I I do. Also, there was one scene I was going to pick out was um, when Jesus um, actually sees his mother Mary um, for the first time in the film. It has to be one of the most endearing moments of the film much less just of a, of a son's love for his mother, and there really weren't too many words spoken. So from a visual, a visual standpoint, I think it, it, was, it, was a, it was a beautiful film in so many ways. It, um, and, and I guess most of the, my comments before were in relationship in addressing many of the issues that Christians would have 
with because it's definitely a very different um, view of Jesus than what we've seen in most of Christian cinema in particular. Uh, but I. I uh, I can't argue with you. It was um, Garth Davis did a, a beautiful job of really portraying that era and that time in a, a very beautiful way. Okay, thank you so much to Graham. 1-800-316-316 if you'd like to join in our conversation. Uh, a, fa- a Facebook comment from Fiona who said, I saw the Mary Magdalene movie on the internet. I loved it wasn't like the one at the cinema. It was a different movie, obviously. Oh, yeah. But I movie. don't want to, but she says, but I don't want to see the one now in cinema because the guy who plays Jesus is an atheist. Uh, why do they keep doing that, placing non-Christians in Christian roles? Now, there's a, a whole big discussion around that, isn't there? But uh, obviously, uh, actors are not always chosen for their faith. Uh, just quickly, Russ, because we want to move on, but your thoughts for Fiona. Yeah, well, I, Fiona, I really appreciate that. Yeah, and there's definitely, uh, um, there are other films, especially online, that you'll be able to see. Well, it. I think one of the, the practicalities, more than anything, comes down to finding Christians um, in that industry is going to be very, very difficult. And also because they want to lift the quality of the acting and things like that, um, many times that the actors aren't necessarily um, of a Christian faith or a Christian belief. I, I really can't fault them for that when they're really trying to put together um, a good quality production. So hey, what, I, what I would encourage, I guess, if anything, those Christians out there, keep acting and uh, let's get some more Christians in the industry. That would be great. Okay. Uh, let's move on. Let's talk about Steven Spielberg's latest film. And we'll come back to some of those other uh, Christian films. But uh, Ready Player One, uh, what are your thoughts? What's overall about Ready Player One, Russ? Uh, it's actually based on... Um it's based in a story that's kind of in the near future of 2045, where it's kind of a dystopian future where everything's kind of gone dark and difficult, as we see in so many films these days. But what's different about it is that everyone, which actually isn't too far from reality right now, is that everyone kind of lives in a virtual world called the Oasis. And um, it's actually been created by a guy named James Halliday, who's played by Mark Rylance, the Academy Award winner. And... Um, and all of a sudden, James Halliday passes away and gives opportunity for everyone to play a game online or in the oasis in this virtual world to try and find this Easter egg, as it's called, or the, for the egg hunters. And what they do is they try and go through and find this, and then whoever ends up winning it ends up winning control over the oasis and gets his uh, billions or trillions of dollars that he has. And so uh, Wade Watts is the central character, and it is... Uh, a joyride. It's exciting. It's nostalgic because it pulls in every bit of nostalgia from pretty much pop culture from the 1980s, very similar to kind of the TV show Stranger Things, but even to another degree. Um, and it's just um, a lot of fun. It is definitely for a more mature audience. I would definitely say for teenagers and older. Um, but Steven Spielberg um, is able to pull this together very well and really kind of honor the source material as best he could. And um, from a visual standpoint, I was with one of my other reviewing friends, and we just were amazed at the visual effects and what they were able to pull off. So Steven Spielberg definitely put his magic touch um, kind of on this film. 
And um, it's definitely worth engaging with, um, but definitely for a more mature audience. When you engage with this film, with your Christian faith, Russ, as I understand it, uh, the world uh, in the oasis uh, created perfect, an oasis that contained no pain, difficulties or death, but it eventually became tainted. Uh, What do you see in the film uh, by way of what we might even understand from a biblical reality? Uh, you know, probably one of the, the, the best quotes out of the film was the fact that reality is good in the sense that we can try and go into this virtual world because we think that we can we can die there and come back and do all these different things. But um, the James Halliday, actually the, the creator of the Oasis, talks about the fact that actually really the goal should be for us to actually live in the life that we've been given. And I think that uh, many times we try and escape um, the life that we've been given, opposed to looking at it as a gift that from God. And um, even though it wasn't really said in this film that way, the way, way you come through it or putting it through that Christian filter or the biblical filter when you're looking at a film like that is looking at, wow, you know, actually everything that I have, every opportunity I've been given in this real life that I have is good, uh, that it's been a good gift that God has given me. And so that to really appreciate that and to live in this reality, um, but also uh, knowing that we have a real, um, real world that we're going to also after uh, with with God. That actually there is a, a real world that we're going to there too, as far as His future kingdom. So I, I think that uh, there's a lot to be said. You can take a lot away from it in regards to the virtual world um, and some of the dangers and some of the things in living in that virtual world that many of us already do. But really, living in this life and doing everything you can with the good, the good gifts that God has given us in this life. Uh, Russ, when we talk about a virtual world and the idea of virtual reality and uh, people have images of putting goggles on and, uh, you know, you're able to see uh, all around, uh, is Steven Spielberg, do you think, doing something here that actually is technologically groundbreaking? Is this something, uh, because, you know, this virtual world is uh, quickly growing in popularity, uh, so he's really on the verge of, uh, you know, looking at uh, culture as the way it seems to be developing for a lot of people? Oh, yeah. I mean, I think that they touch on not only with the book, but also with, um, with the visual effects that they were able to put together. They are amazing, and they definitely are groundbreaking, but also in a subtle way, or maybe not so subtle way, uh, really kind of talking about the fact that, yes, this virtual world has so much potential, so many things that you can live in, but don't lose sight of the life that, that you actually have and what you've been given. And um, really, in the end, not to give anything away, but in the end, that the, the, um, the group people that kind of work through this virtual world come to appreciate who they are um, in the re- in the real world. And so, yes, I think it's groundbreaking. I think it also is kind of making a statement in a way. But also, Neil, I'll just admit it, it was so much fun just sitting there trying to pick out all the different references, especially from like the 1980s and 1990s that are referenced as far as the different films and video games and all the different things that are referenced in it. It's just a lot of fun, balanced and entertaining. Uh, Russ Matthews is with us. Russ, uh, we're off to a pretty good start and uh, some significant discussion in the first part of our conversation about Mary Magdalene and also Ready Player One. Let's move on. Perhaps another one of the Christian movies that's out. Uh, Just a mention of... uh, of I Can Only Imagine. Now, this yeah. is a, just a significant film. And I haven't seen it personally yet, but everyone I talk to 
say this is, in fact, some people in one Facebook comment, uh, they say it was uh, one of the best movies they've ever seen. Uh, your wow. thoughts on I Can that Only is, Imagine? Is, it, was, it was, Neil, it was a... Uh, it was a really good film. And, you know, what's fascinating to me is how many people don't remember the song, but they really appreciated it uh, because the song was actually released 15 years ago, which is hard to imagine that. <laughs> but uh, no pun intended. There. I can only imagine. But, um, <laughs> but this is the story of uh, the, of how the song actually came to be, the significance that Bart Millard and, and Mercy Me had. And it Dennis Quaid um, just adds a certain level of depth of quality to the whole film and I would agree with your caller it is one it is actually one of the best films that I've seen this year uh, and I'm not even saying Christian films I'm just saying one of the best films that I've seen this year just because it's just endearing it's a great story it doesn't try to do too much um, doesn't push too hard on the agenda it just tells the story and I think it's also in the end you can really say very God honoring Okay, let me reflect uh, some more Facebook comments. Luke wrote, I watched I Can Only Imagine, it was all right and definitely no blockbuster, but a positive alternative in the cinema will see Paul too. Another, uh, another Facebook comment from Peter who says, I watched I Can Only Imagine twice last week. It's an excellent movie. If you haven't already, go see this film. Probably one of the best films I have seen in recent years. Uh, another comment from Stephanie who says, I Can Only Imagine, probably one of the best movies I've seen at the cinema. Uh, so, and then Kerry, who says, I went to see, I can only imagine, uh, 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 last week, and it was great. And the interesting thing is, and I've heard this from a number of people, they don't just go and see it once. They see this movie at the cinema. They want to go back and see it again. Is that something you've heard too, Russ? Oh, yeah, definitely. Well, I think one of the things, too, is that many times my experience has been that a lot of people go and see it because they really are not sure what the movie's going to be like. But once they see it, then they go, oh, and I've got five friends that I would love to share this with. And so what they go back, and, they, and that's what I love about going to the films, is you can go with your family. It's, it's, it brings community together. And then it also hopefully gives room for people to have conversations with others afterwards. And so regardless of maybe their faith position going in, it definitely helps them to kind of come out with maybe a better understanding or maybe even just a direction in the conversation in regards to Jesus and the Bible. So this is the sort of movie you take a friend along and they may not be churchgoers they may not be christian oriented in their faith but this is the sort of one that really opens up conversation in your get together for coffee after the movie this is one of those movies that you ought to take a friend along to Oh yeah, I mean it's it's a it's a it's an honest portrayal. Um, I mean they definitely don't pull any punches in regards to some of the difficulties and challenges that Bart experienced as a child and also as a young adult. But um, I think that it is one that really does open up the conversation, even if someone is not familiar with or understands or knows the song or the history behind the song or the impact that the song has had on the Christian industry, uh, music industry, I, I think that you can really come away with a very positive view, but also how it impacts it impacted not only this man's life, um, but also the lives of his family and also millions of people around the world. 
Uh, Russ, let's move on. There might be other comments about the movies we've talked about so far in our conversation. Uh, we are interested, of course, when, in, when at the start of school holidays, what families will right. take their children to go and see and always so appreciate your insights. So they give such great guidance. Uh, there are a number of family movies that are coming up. One of those uh, is uh, Peter Rabbit. Uh, right. And for a lot of people who grew up with Peter Rabbit, uh, they'll be excited about seeing this film. But uh, there's a few there's a few dark sides of Peter Rabbit. Yeah. Um, well, that is definitely a great way to kind of open up this conversation because this is not the Peter Rabbit of Beatrix Potter. Even though it is, it's, it's kind of taking from that, and you know, you see the little blue jacket and all that sort of thing. This is definitely a very modern interpretation. If if anyone was. If, as passionate as people were getting about Mary Magdalene and Jesus, how they were portrayed in Mary in the movie Mary Magdalene, I have a feeling that a lot of people will take issue with how Peter Rabbit is portrayed in this film because this is definitely not Beatrix Potter's Peter Rabbit. That's for sure. Okay, well, it, I think you say uh, it's difficult to find any redeeming value in Peter Rabbit. <laughs> I we went and I took my daughter along with me, um, and she has become this kind of uh, young film reviewer herself. And we're just really just shocked at the things that they were were, were kind of celebrating, like um, the death of Mr. McGregor, uh, the the some of the different kind of slapstick humor that just kind of goes over the top after a while, and and kind of the selfish nature of all of these different creatures that are supposed to be. I don't know about you, but I mean, growing up with it, you could just kind of saw these as endearing creatures, um, not perfect, but yet just beautifully written, beautifully um, depicted. And this one is definitely, this is kind of more of a uh, fraternity house kind of experience of uh, Peter Rabbit. So taking the, chi- the children along to see Peter Rabbit, uh, you're going to be exposing them, as you say, uh, to the scenes about Mr. McGregor, but also... Uh, watching the animals go on to celebrate the demise of the farmer by trashing his house in a party. Uh, these are the sorts of uh, the sorts of scenes that parents will be exposing their children to when they take them along to Peter Rabbit. Right. It, 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 they're really. It, you kind of hoped at, at the beginning because you're seeing all this kind of these things happening as far as the kind of the issues with uh, Mr. McGregor, but then his death, and then how the animals treat his home and thinking that it's theirs, that maybe a lot of times those films then take a turn, and there's redemption, and there's a lift, and there's a positive impact, and everybody has a positive um, feeling about it. But really, this this one never really got off the ground um, in regards to having any sort of redemptive value to it. Uh, Most of it just kind of... Exposed that kind of the selfish nature or hearts of man, and specifically of these rabbits. But I, I was really disappointed. I really thought that this was going to be the standout film of the season um, for for families to be able to go and see. But I, I honestly would kind of give a bit of caution to people prior to going to see this film. Okay, electrocution, repeated physical abuse, uh, the causing of heart attacks as a method of revenge. Yeah, I think uh, you've got a good message there for parents about perhaps what to avoid uh, at the cinemas this Easter holidays. As we say that, though, uh, Russ, what sort of movies are coming out that you do recommend parents take their children to? 
you know, the challenge is that there's not a lot of um, great films out there for uh, for families to go to. And but this will it'll sound really it may sound a bit odd when you look at the uh, trailer. But the probably the one of the best films um, for families to be able to get along to would be Early Man, which is a film. It looks like it's a caveman movie, but really it's a story about kind of the um, development. It's a fictitious look at the development of soccer, um, but it's a really kind of fun look at it's Ardman, the Ardman group, which they've done things like um, Wallace and Gromit and Chicken Run and all those. They're kind of stop-action sort of um, claymation. And out of all of the, the kind of children's movies, that one probably is probably the standout out of all of them in cinemas um, at this time. Because uh, unfortunately, a lot of the, the films that are out this season just aren't that good of quality, or they have kind of just a strange message. Like, I would really warn against um, A Wrinkle in Time. I wouldn't recommend that for families either. But um, so Early Man would probably be the standout. And then also on DVD, um, Paddington 2 came out. Um, so I would definitely highly recommend both Paddington 1 and Paddington 2, um, even if there's a rainy day during the um, Easter school holidays, um, that people would be able to kind of enjoy that as a family because I think it's probably one of the most endearing tales um, in cinemas over the past couple of years. Visions 2020 with Neil Johnson. A biblical perspective on life, culture, and current events. Russ Matthews from City Bible Forum is our guest. Uh, worked with City Bible Forum for the past 10 plus years. A film reviewer for Insights Magazine and Entertainment Fuse and a blog called Rustling Reviews. Now, lots of things that you're writing about all the time, Russ. And I want to spend some time talking about uh, Paul the Apostle uh, in just a few moments. But, uh, but for people to get this sort of insight, uh, they can simply get that. Use the citybibleforum.org. Uh, as a central place for uh, for getting into some of these reviews that you write? Yeah, definitely. Um, it, it, you can go to citybibleforum.org or you can go straight to um, Real Dialogue. And just so you know, that's spelled R-E-E-L, um, dialogue.com. And we have the different articles. We have different writers that go through and kind of share entertainment information, but also all of the reviews that you've heard today. And one of the other aspects of what we try and do with all of our reviews is also add on how do you get the conversation started with somebody from this film, regardless of the quality of the film, um, how, where, where are some segues or opportunities that you would be able to kind of get people talking about um, spiritual things, biblical ideas, or Jesus specifically. Okay, let's talk about Paul, Apostle of Christ, and I know you've got some good things to say about this Christian film. <laughs> Yeah, definitely. Well, you know what, and, and again, uh, it's uh, uh, a great way... It for people to see the opportunity, if they want to go to the cinema and they would really like to see um, probably a film that would be more kind of um, straight up the straight up the board with the biblical message, it would be Paul, apostle of Christ. Now it is um, it's a depiction of the last time that Paul was in prison prior to his death. It is the time of Nero in um, in Rome, and it's really supposed to kind of depict. Um, Luke um, going in, who's played by Jim Caviezel, interestingly enough, who played Jesus in The Passion of the Christ. He plays Luke, who is trying to pull together the last um, letters and dictation from Paul prior to his execution. 
And so it's a darker film than maybe some might be comfortable with, but it is definitely one that um, has all of the components that probably many of your listeners were kind of looking for in regards to opening up some clear gospel conversations. Um, and on the other side, it is put out by a firm films who actually put out Risen a few years ago. Um, and they, it's a quality production. It's, it's, still, it's still well done um, and uh, as far as the quality of acting and all that. But uh, in the end, it probably is a little bit more straight up the, um, straight up the biblical framework that probably many people might be looking for. We're taking calls 1-800-316-316. Let's take a call from Jonathan in Perth. Hello, Jonathan. Welcome along. Yes, I'm Jonathan. Yes, uh, I think the, the see, I forget it, me just now that I've been witnessing the last week that came out newly. The parents have to go there. I love the film is because uh, it teaches us the the reality. Because when the we the parents we are being offended by other people or we are not successful in life. We instead of going directly to Australia, we vomit everything. We hate our children, whosoever run, or we hate them. So it's a true in that is in the line today. So I love that film because it shows us that who we are as a parents or who we are in the community. Like in the government, somebody offended you, and you're not able to really attack everybody around you is your enemy. You begin to father even in the church going on too. If the apostle or whosoever is in problem with other people. He tried to hate even those who are around him. So it's a reality thing, even though we say children should not watch it because it has violence. But yes, children to learn from it too also. Because it's usually doing it to their friends. If they offend them, they, they, they retaliate against the other people around them. So it's a true thing I see. Jonathan, I'm not sure everyone will pick up the sorts of things that you're uh, communicating there. Uh, Russ, uh, are you able to uh, sort of uh, reflect on uh, Jonathan's comment? Now, can I just clarify, was, was Jonathan talking about Paul, Apostle of Christ, or was he talking about, I can only imagine? Yes, you know? exactly. Jonathan, so you were talking about I can only imagine, weren't you? I can only imagine, yeah, exactly. Yeah, I can only imagine. So great, thanks so much for that. Because actually, what's interesting, your comments actually go to both films, and that one is looking at the value of Bart specifically in his relationship with Christ, actually really showing at a very human side, but also that he didn't retaliate against his father, um, even though he was in quite an abusive relationship. So it definitely is a um, it's a strong one showing uh, the impact that Christ can have even in a home like he was raised in, but actually the, the life-changing impact that it had. But interestingly enough, also it's a similar uh, message in Paul, Apostle of Christ, in that it, de- it depicts a group of Christians who want to retaliate against Nero and the Romans for their treatment of the Christians um, during that era, d- during that dark time um, when the half of Rome had burned, and they blamed the Christians for that, specifically Paul. And and even showing how Priscilla and Aquila really kind of pushed against that, saying that, no, we are not going to retaliate. We actually are going to show love. And I think that in both films, you're able to see kind of different ways or different views kind of to go down that path. And that regardless of how we're treated in our lifetime, um, either in our homes or in the workplace or even just out in the general public, we need to still represent Christ and also look at the opportunity of loving others.
Thank you so much to Jonathan from Perth and our talkback line open 1-800-316-316 or you can leave a message on our Facebook page facebook.com forward slash vision radio talking about Paul the Apostle of Christ. Now when we uh, see this movie Russ is something uh, brought to the fore that we might miss when we're actually reading the Bible just this idea of a visual background and I know you talk about uh, Nero and uh, persecution and uh, the disdain that the Jewish people had for the Romans as a, a backdrop are you are you let in on some of that background uh, that sets a, a really good scene for you as you look at the scriptures Oh, I think so. I think, I mean, one of the things, as we've talked about throughout most of this discussion, is the fact that they still, they're still trying to get all of this information contained into about an hour and 45 minutes. And so with that, they have to kind of bring some things closer to the actual historical account. So if you were to actually go along the timelines... Um, in regards to Rome when, and, and looking at uh, the treatment of the Christians and all that, and also when the letters were actually written. Some of those things can kind of be a little bit uh, pushed together um, for the sake of uh, getting it all into one film. But I think that the vast majority of time it's still worthwhile going back and looking specifically at the book of Acts, or even Luke, and then then the book of Acts, to be able to kind of see the progression and kind of what what Paul, Apostle of Christ, does is kind of give you a visual overlay into kind of how all of that kind of came together. And so um, I think it complements the Bible, but it never replaces it. Okay, I like one of your comments too where you say you can go along to this film and basically you can play something of a game. Guess where the Paul quote is in the Bible. So you can actually watch this one and uh, and you can pick up the quotes that Paul's making and uh, you could probably have a competition. Where did that one come from? Exactly. Well, it, it was um, it, interestingly enough. We had a we had a uh, an event the other night, and it, the the conversation was with one of our um, counterparts at Center for Public Christianity. Her name's Natasha Moore, and we were just talking about so much of the film went through and quoted other letters of Paul, so using the words of Paul to kind of give them the dialogue within it. And so, so many of the different elements out of one Corinthians and Colossians and Galatians actually get a mention in this film, and just kind of the regular conversation and so it was just kind of fun after a while we were kind of trying to figure out okay you know which which letter was that from again you know so to be able to kind of go through especially for those who really know their bibles um, it, it actually can lead to some interesting conversations about what paul actually said uh, so your overall impression here russ go along to see paul the apostle of christ and uh, you'll get a really great visual imagery of you know things like his conversion on the damascus road and uh, right. and all of the sort of persecution issues that are going on in the background. This is going to really bring your biblical appreciation alive, do you think? Well, I think so. I think it, it gives that opportunity for Christians. But also, one of the things that they added in, even though he is a fictitious character, but he would have been a real a real person in the sense that the um, the the prefect over the prison has quite a, a dialogue with Paul and Luke, and has there's quite a impact on his family too, with just kind of 
coming in contact with them that I think gives a, an appreciation to, and those who may not have a Christian faith, to be able to go along to this film and be able to probably connect with him because he really kind of questions so much of what Paul is saying and what Luke is saying, and also is quite perplexed by it, that I think it really kind of gives um, both sides of the equation in regards to what we can know and understand of the hearts of man, both of Christians and also those who are not. Well, time has run out, and uh, these segments always go by so, so fast, uh, and uh, we pack a lot into them, but really great insights once again. Uh, Russ Matthews from City Bible Forum. Uh, let me just mention the two websites once again, citybibleforum.org and realdialogue.com. Now, Real Dialogue, as you say, Russ, with an uh, real spelled R-E-E-L, dialogue.com. And, and for people to engage with these sorts of uh, reviews, a good thing to read the review before you go to the movie. Yeah, oh, and that's one thing I, I will claim is that I will not put spoilers into the reviews. The reviews are just there to kind of give you an overlay, pretty much anything you'd be able to understand from a trailer or a short, um, but then also kind of what you should expect from the film. The only time I ever spoil anything is when there's something that's just so overt that I want to make sure that people kind of have a warning about what the film's on about. Well, great stuff again today. Uh, Russ Matthews, citybibleforum.org and realdialogue.com. Russ? Thanks for taking some time to share your thoughts and your heart with us today on 2020. I always love being on the show, Neil. Anytime you want to have me, I'd love to come back. Before you go, thanks for listening. There's lots more great audio on demand, or you can listen to us live at visionradio.org.au. And remember, Vision is listener-supported. Your donation, large or small, will help us continue connecting faith to life for hundreds of thousands of people across Australia and around the world. Learn more or donate today at visionradio.org.au.